this bulletin, Joint Committee on Indigenous Voice to Parliament starts a hearing. Hearings. Tropical Cyclone Ilsa enters WA and is downgraded to a Category 3 storm. And in sport, the AFL Gather Round kicks off with a massive win for the Crows. The Joint Select Committee on the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Voice Referendum has started its hearings. The committee is meant to determine if the, te- the text achieves its intentions by receiving contributions from various witnesses. The first day of hearings today in Canberra will hear representatives of the Uluru Statement as well as legal witnesses. Senator Anita Green is the chair of the committee. In her opening address, she said the hearings were an opportunity for all views to be expressed. It is essential that we all engage in open and respectful discussions and that all witnesses on the program have a fair and reasonable opportunity to put forward their views on the bill which is before us. These public hearings are an opportunity for the Parliament to demonstrate how it can be at its best when members and senators work together in the public interest. Senator Malandri McCarthy has warned Peter Dutton not to use crime in Alice Springs as a political football during the campaign for The Voice. Mr Dutton has used a visit to the Northern Territory to further the Liberal No campaign position that the Indigenous Voice won't fix issues on the ground for communities. Northern Territory Senator McCarthy says issues in Alice Springs shouldn't be exploited for political gain. She's also responded to claims by the opposition leader of Indigenous children being returned to abusers. It is a very serious allegation to raise the abuse of a child and a serious allegation to make that a a child is being returned to an abuser. I would ask opposition leader Peter Dutton, if you are aware of this, then you need to mandatory report it to police so that there can be an investigation immediately. And if you haven't done that, I would urge you to do so as soon as possible. Mr Dutton has called for the Australian Federal Police to be brought into Alice Springs to help restore law and order. A collection of nationally significant paintings from the Hermansburg School, including watercolours by famed artist Albert Namajira, are being stored in a converted tool shop exposed to dust, light and bugs. The mission at Hermansburg, also known as Ontaria in the Northern Territory, was once the home of Namajira, who in the 1930s became the first Aboriginal artist to paint the land in Western-style watercolours. It led to international fame, with the style of Namajira and his fellow artists becoming known as the Hermansburg School, their paintings displayed in galleries around Australia and internationally. But in the remote town where the movement began, 84 paintings are stored in an old corrugated iron mechanical shop, part of which has been sectioned off and lined with shipping container. Container panels converted into a gallery and storage area. A 2017 expert assessment referred to the collection as being of national significance and responsibility and recommended hiring professionals to manage it long term but it has not happened. Alison French, one of the authors of the report, who has penned two books on Albert Namajira, expressed her disappointment about it. 
Tropical cyclone Ilsa has crossed Western Australia's northwest coast with potentially record-breaking winds, buffeting locked-down communities as it moves inland. The cyclone hit the coast as a Category 5 system between the Grey and Padua about midnight last night, bringing winds of 213 kilometers per hour. This morning, it was reclassified as a, category, as a Category 3 system and expected to maintain cyclone intensity until night as it moves hundreds of kilometers inland towards Telfar and Kunawa Riji. A red alert warning was issued, advising communities in its direct path to shelter in place. It's been more than a decade since a cyclone of this magnitude has hit the region. In the regional center of Port Headland, west of, of the storm's center, locals are sheltering indoors until the threat has passed. Mayor of Port Headland, Peter Carter, told SBS the people on the ground were doing all it takes to keep the community safe. We're doing everything we can to try and keep our community safe. We've got the best people on the ground. We've got extra service people up on Perth, and they're doing a great job. The emergency services guys we have in town do a great job. A lot of them are volunteers, and they're you know, leaving their families to go out to protect our community. They do a great job. Fantastic job. New South New South Wales Premier Chris Minns announced today a string of changes in the way the Cabinet will work, including the reinstatement of a Cabinet office to provide advice to his government. The existing Department of Premier and Cabinet will be dissolved on the 1st of July and replaced by the Cabinet office and a new separate Premier's department. Both new agencies will report directly to the Premier. Mr Minns says the change is necessary for his Cabinet to make its decisions. The government will reinstate the Cabinet Office in New South Wales as a linchpin of a strong and robust decision-making process inside the New South Wales government to give independent advice to the incoming government. I think it's appropriate and important in terms of determining and delivering good decision-based processes for the incoming government. As part of the overhaul, Chris Mind is also replacing a series of senior officials. The most senior officials in Treasury, Education and Transport have been shown the door. The New South Wales Liberals are to decide who will take over the position of opposition leader nearly a month after they lost government. A party room meeting has been called by Dominic Perrottet for April 21. The former Premier announced he'd resign on the night of the coalition's election loss on March 25. The meeting falls a day after the expected declaration of results in the upper house, where Liberal candidate Rachel Martin is hoping to secure one of the final seats. Brazilian President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva is in a state visit to China. He met with the General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party in Shanghai yesterday. Mr. Lula intends to reset the relationship with Brazil's largest trade partner after the four years presidency of his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro, which saw a a frostening of relations between Beijing and Brasilia. He says the two countries enjoy a special relationship. Our relationship with the Chinese government is not just any relationship. By recognizing China as a market economy, we were telling the world that we did not want China to live underground in the commercial world, that China should be represented by what it represents in the world economy at that time. 
Mr. Lola also attended the inauguration of former Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff as the BRICS Bank in as the head of the BRICS Bank in Shanghai. In the United States, the FBI has arrested a man suspected of being responsible for the leak of classified documents that uh, has embarrassed Washington for days. Video images played on news channels show heavily armed officers accompanying a young man wearing a t-shirt and shorts into a waiting car walking with his head bowed. U.S. Attorney General Mary Garland says the FBI has arrested a man called Jack Teixeira, an employee of the U.S. Air Force National Guard. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. The FBI says they are conducting what they call authorized law enforcement activity in a private residence in the town of North Titan in the state of Massachusetts. Some of the most sensitive leaked details are purportedly related to Ukraine's military capabilities and shortcomings and information about U.S. allies including Israel, South Korea and Turkey. Still in the United States, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has welcomed the Defense Minister of Latvia, Inara Manasi. The pair are discussing the ongoing commitment with allies and partners to support Ukraine's fight against Russia. Both Mr. Austin and Ms. Manasi expressed eagerness for the finalization of a contract that will, will enable the deployment of naval strike missiles and HIMARS from the United States to Latvia. Latvia and its two Baltic neighbors, Estonia and Lithuania, are at, the front, uh, are at the forefront of NATO's actions towards Russia, and Mr. Austin underlined that Latvia's contribution is large in comparison to its small size. You are among the top, uh, top contributors of military assistance to Ukraine relative to the size of your economy. You reminded us of that a couple of times, and that's been very highly motivating. But Latvia has donated more than 1% of its GDP to helping Ukraine fight Russian aggression. Back home, a police officer from Victoria is facing charges after allegedly kicking someone while he was on duty. The 35-year-old senior constable has been charged with unlawful assault and assault by kicking following an internal investigation. The incident allegedly took place in Delacombe, southwest of Ballarat, in early April last year. The officer is set to appear before the Ballarat Magistrates Court in June. And uh, to sport, the Adelaide Crows have kicked off the AFL's inaugural gather-round with a thumping win over Carlton. Crow Ben Keys kicked three, while Darcy Fogarty and Tex Walker start for the home side. 118 points to 62 was the final score in front of 47,000 fans at Adelaide Oval. The city has hit record accommodation rates, with eight of the nine games being played this round already sold out. And now having a look at the weather around the country this Friday afternoon. Broome, mostly cloudy, 31. Part the shower or two, becoming windy, 19 degrees. Adelaide, showers increasing, 26. Melbourne, mostly sunny, 23. Hobart, cloudy, 18. Albury-Wodonga, sunny, 21. Canberra, mostly sunny, 21. Wollongong, showers, 21. Sydney, a shower or two, 22 degrees. Newcastle, showers, 24. 
Brisbane sunny 28, Townsville mostly sunny 33, Cairns partly cloudy 34, Alice Springs mostly sunny day 34 degrees, Darwin scattered thunderstorms top of 32, and the Torres Strait Islands partly cloudy day at the top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Thank <music> you.